Welcome to Filmsy, everyone. I'm Hannah here with Meredith. Hello. All right, we are here to talk about the film Promising Young Woman. Um, this will have spoilers. It is for people who have seen the film. If uh, you have not, well, then you need to also know that uh, this film pertains to consent and sexual violence, so we will be discussing those things. To start us off, uh, Meredith had some thoughts on casting choices, so we're going to go ahead and jump in there. I was reading an article with Emerald Fennell, the director, and it was speaking. she was speaking specifically about her casting choices, and she said that she was purposely choosing people who had a history of basically being cast as a boy or girl next door, let's say like Connie Britton, Adam Brody, Alison Brie, because people that do these types of things as we as women know, um, they won't have, you know, a warning sign on them. They definitely look like a non-sleazy person. Mm -hmm. They look like someone who is trustworthy. Mm -hmm. um, and someone you know. Yes. In a way that we know yes. Connie Britton from yes. Friday Night Lights. Someone you know, someone boy next door, someone very like kind and sweet and you would trust them and they would never be sleazy. And they are the ones, the non-harmless looking ones who honestly um, end up doing a lot of the awful things. Um, so I thought that the, the casting choices were really, um, yeah, really wise. I didn't know that watching the film, but I thought when I saw Adam Brody in the first scene, I was like, oh. This is a departure. Yeah. And then as it went on, more and more and more of the characters, I was like, wait a minute. Weird, which is why yeah. I found that article, and it was really fascinating. Yeah. So, yeah. I trusted you people. Yeah. Wait yeah. a minute. You yeah. were all nice. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I was fooled. Another point that stood out to me about, and, and probably a testament to having a woman in charge of casting and, and those sorts of choices, um, this film is not graphic at all. You know, you, you see the rating on it. Um, you think about the content. It really stood out to me in, in how, how non-graphic the film was, um, even in terms of, um, you know, not hyper-sexualizing the main character. Um, just a, a lot of choices were made in, in how it was shot that, that, to me, were like, okay, clearly we're not trying to make this sexy or sexual violence sexy in any way. And I appreciated that a lot about the film. I was saying it wasn't gratuitous. It wasn't right. for shock value. It wasn't to, you know, have nudity or, um, you know, to kind of get attention that way. It let the focus be more on what the subject matter is, which is consent and um, um, abuse of power or trust um, between men and women um, and authorities, let's yeah. say, like at college. Um, and yeah, I, I noticed that as well. And it was really, because you do see the rating, you're like, oh, and you know the subject matter, but then you watch it and it's not as graphic as you think it might be. Absolutely. I couldn't help but think as I, after I watched it, one of my first, one of my first thoughts, um, was, is this really what it's like out there? Um, <laughs> so I did well. I did a little research on that side. We can maybe come back to that if we want. Um, and, and I'm going to go ahead and say before we get you know the comments from all our listeners, um, we're not. Done. We know it's all five of you. <laughs> that's right. All five of who are all um. our friends. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Nathan says it's way more. Welcome all the new people who don't actually know us. To those who don't know us, 
Um, it should probably go without saying, but I'll go ahead and say we know it's hashtag not all men. Um, but based on you know the numbers of, of who's impacted by this, it, it's a crap ton of men. Um, so I was just really struck by um, how this film presents sort of the, the scope of the problem. And I know if you, like I said, I looked up statistics around it um, to see like, is this at all accurate? Like, what's going on out there? I mean, it's it's been a minute since I've been in college. <laughs> um, my college experience was, you know, private Christian school, so nothing quite like this anyway. Um, I guess, and I appreciate our conversation, our sort of pre-podcast conversation, um, in which Nathan suggested that, you know, it's not, maybe it's not supposed to, reflect like anything in reality in terms of how as Carrie Mulligan character is you know going pretending to be drunk going home with these people that she never actually is sexually assaulted um, by any of them I that was that was sort of the biggest sticking point when I first watched it I was like what the hell this isn't how the world works <laughs> um, you know even even when she um, snaps out of it and, and reveals that she is not actually inebriated. Um, the fact that like every single one of them stops, like, I was like, mm, that doesn't seem to square I, with reality. Yeah, I I mean, I don't think that that would necessarily be the truth. Yes, I think in some cases, yeah. sure. Some guys, that would be because some might have reality checks, some might just not want to be in trouble, whatever. Yeah. Um, but some, I mean, um, I don't think she would have been able to, like we talked about earlier, the notebook, how many times she had done this. There's truly no way because um, masculinity is so fragile and um, someone would have snapped and their pride and their rage. I mean, honestly, like this is not being said in a um, humorous manner. Um, it just would not have happened. Yeah. Um, some men would you know, get themselves together and be like, oh no, out of either not wanting to be in trouble or realizing, wait a minute, what I'm doing is wrong. But someone, I would say under 10, under five, someone would snap yeah, and lose it. And she would have only gotten there. I mean, honestly, it would have happened far before yeah, um, the end of the movie. So right. um, that's truly the truth, um, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Any other things that really stood out to you before I kind of go a little more specific? Um, hmm. I well, I I have specific things about certain items, so yes. I, I think we can <laughs> we can start diving into the specifics of of all of this. I think because yeah, I do have some um, some things that were said, but um, again, spoilers, and yes. again, you know, there can be you know, a little bit graphic language or whatever, you know, just. FYI, please don't be listening with your children about this. Um, yeah. You should probably know that at the top of this, but yeah, another warning. Um, one similarity that stood out, similarity that stood out to me uh, was actually between this film and the book Little Fires Everywhere. Um, what stood out to me was the variety of, of angles and perspectives from which this topic is approached. Um, obviously in Little Fires you have issues of birth, adoption, abortion, all those things are kind of tackled. Here you have kind of every, a, a lot of different lenses on 
you know, the, on issues of, of consent? Like, how does it affect a best friend? Um, what's, what's the role of a bystander? Um, what does an assailant actually look like? Um, the attorneys involved, um, you know, the dean of the school. I, I liked all those different lenses and perspectives on the topic. And, and like I said, it did kind of remind me of, of when I read Little Fires and how you have so many different stakeholders. I would agree because um, so many people, obviously the best friend in this situation, Carrie Mulligan, yeah. um, clearly extremely affected by what happened to her best friend, Nina. Um, and then as you go on, you find people, I mean, even when she was speaking to Connie Britton, the dean, she is so taken aback and, well, who did you speak to about this? I can't believe this wasn't reported. And it was her. Right. She had already forgotten. it did not affect her in that way. There are so many people that it was a blip on the radar. It meant nothing. And it was life-altering, not only for Harry Mulligan's character, but obviously for um, her best friend who, as we find out, um, ends up committing suicide. She cannot live with what happened to her. Um, but yeah, the perspectives are just very... It is very similar to Little Fires Everywhere because it shows how differently every party, it can either be life-changing and life-altering or it is meaningless. Yeah. Like you don't even recall and it meant nothing yeah. to you. Yeah. The same experience. Yeah. I think that's the hard, one really hard thing about trauma or, or loss is that when you try to, it's the expectation is not so much well it is what what is lost or the trauma the, the impact of the trauma it's also the expectation that you go on with your life without anything to really like mark or signify what has happened and so i really liked that's what carrie mulligan's character is after is like no this mattered like there has to be something to mark and signify this so um at least that's something when I think about like traumatic experiences or loss in my life, like it, it's not only the thing that you that you've lost, but it's also like the expect the expectation to carry on um, that has been so difficult. Um, tell me some more uh, things that you know you wanted to kind of dive deep on. No, but like tacking on to oh, sure. what you just said, um, I you know when we were first watching it, and like I said, uh, we're we all kind of had this assumption when we first either saw the trailer or was starting, you know, the first 15 minutes, we think she is going to kill them. Yes, and that. we think that's what's <laughs> happening. But what she is doing is trying to make them understand the severity of what happened mm -hmm. in the same way that happened to her and to, you know, how it affected her, how it affected Nina. Mm -hmm. Um, like again, going back to Connie Britton, mm -hmm. um, when she had that appointment with her, she had lured her teenage daughter mm -hmm. in with like a photo shoot with the rock band at the diner. And um, she scared Connie Britton into thinking, you know, she's with these men, this is what's gonna happen, you know, blah, blah, blah. Because she wants her to feel that fear that any parent would feel yeah. because why does it have to happen to someone that we care about for us to give two shits about it? Right. It shouldn't. Yeah. And for Connie Britton, she about lost her mind. Yeah. But 
clearly it did not matter enough to her when it happened to Nina because she forgot that she was even the one that it was reported to and did nothing about it. Um, But with, I think, any character that she's having um, an interaction with, Carrie Mulligan, her point is to drive that home, to affect them in that way. Um, Madeline, Mm -hmm. you know, Madeline um, basically, you know, the friend from college, Mm -hmm. they get together, but the whole time you find out she was just spread, you know, they made fun. They didn't believe, like, it's made up. It didn't happen to her. Madeline even says, like, well, what do you expect when you go to a party and get uh-huh. drunk? Yeah. So she's blaming Nina. She's not looking for accountability from the men. Mm-hmm. She's There's accountability required of the victim. Mm-hmm. Um, men are never held responsible. It is her fault for being in this situation. So she takes her to brunch. Mm-hmm. She gets her drunk. Yeah. She... Um, Carrie Mulligan has hired this guy at the bar, told him the hotel room, everything gets her absolutely wasted. And the next day she doesn't know what happened to her. Mm-hmm. So she thinks that she was raped or she slept with someone. She doesn't know. Mm-hmm. So she allows her to, she allows uh, Madeline to believe this. And then it's to come around and say, nothing happened. Yeah. It could have, but my point is this. My point is for you to understand. now. And now, again, why can't you understand until it happens to you or someone you love? Now you understand and now you believe. And um, it's just um, sad because, I mean, it's not um, overblowing it to say that, unfortunately, there are too many people that won't just trust someone's word that they don't care or believe that a situation like that can occur right. until it happens to them or a child or a friend or, you know, a family member. Right. Um, but that's her whole point yeah. in this whole thing. I mean, it definitely echoes what happened, you know, in the whole Brett Kavanaugh, Christine Blobby Ford case mm-hmm. um, where you had, I mean, women I know, like I remember where I was working at the time and the people I had conversations with around that whole thing and, you know, women being... 100% ready to, to sell out um, Dr. Ford immediately um, and dismiss that immediately. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it shouldn't have to. I mean, I know this phrase went around a lot in the pandemic, but it shouldn't happen, have to happen to you for it to matter to you, but here we are. Um, okay, let's see. Can we go back to talking about yeah. like the nice guys and also oh, going yeah, back to that? Let's do that. So, um, one of the guys that Carrie Mulligan ends up going out with is McLovin, but his name is Neil in this. So, but it is a grown up McLovin for those of you <laughs> who remember McLovin. Um, <laughs> his name is Neil in this. And, um, you know, he's, I'm a nice guy. I'm a nice guy. I'm a nice guy. And so he's saying all of this as she is clearly, as we know now, pretending Mm -hmm. to be extremely intoxicated to the point of passing out, obviously past the point of consent. Um, But he kept saying that over and over. However, his actions, you know, is she assaulted? Kind of. Yes. I would say that is assault Um, because it never fully becomes rape. Yeah. But he is seeing what he can be getting away with without waking her. Mm-hmm. You can notice what he's doing, everything. And when she 
reveals that she's sober mm-hmm. and she's awake. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm a nice guy. I'm a nice guy. And you keep she that. said, yeah. yeah, she goes, well, you keep saying that. She said, you know what? You are. You woke me up before putting your fingers inside of me. That was sweet. Um, and that was, you know, perfectly resp- like, you can't sit here and say you're a nice guy when I know exactly what you were like. Yeah. No. Yeah. You're, it's not an excuse. Right. Um, and I think that goes back to, I'm a nice guy. Adam Brody did the same thing. Mm-hmm. He takes her back. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take you home. And you think he's a nice guy yeah. in the bar because his friends are being gross. He's yeah. like, Hey guys, no, 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 no. Yeah. They get in the cab. He realizes she's going to pass out, takes him, you know, it's going to be one stop mm-hmm. his place. Right. I, even though she is to the point of like eyes closed, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. seems to be intoxicated. He pours her a drink. Her cup is full. He puts a splash (laughs) in his. And I will say this for all the dicks that I've gone out with who have done this shit to me. um, (laughs) We know what you're doing and we're not dumb. (laughs) Fucking stop it. Um, Like if I've seen this move once, I've seen it a thousand times. Absolutely not. But when she wakes up, you know, when he's trying to take advantage of her and he thinks she's passed out and he's like, yes. Um, She sits up and calls him out. But I'm a nice guy. The same yeah. phrase comes out of every single one yeah. of their mouths. Mm-hmm. Every single time. And it's not, it's purposeful. I mean, yeah. it, it's purposeful in the writing because as a woman, we have all heard this. Yeah. I'm a nice guy. No, you're not. Right. This is the way you're behaving. Right. You're not a nice guy. Yeah. Nice guys don't do this. Yeah. It, it really it, it makes one wonder... Well, what's your frame of reference for a not nice guy? Like, if this is a nice guy, but exactly. What well, I would not like to meet a not nice guy. Right. This is what a nice guy does. Yes. I mean, uh, yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know what scale you're working off of, but we have different ones. Right. We have different scales, clearly. But yeah, that was obviously very purposeful in her writing. And I mean, again, I don't know the numbers. I don't know the statistics. But I mean, if you're a woman. Unfortunately, this has pretty much happened to every single one of us, if not once, multiple times. Um, so it is not an out-of-context um, situation, mm-hmm. or um, it doesn't have to be a stranger. Yeah. Um, it could be someone you've known for a very long time, yeah. and um, yeah, people yeah. behave that way. Yeah. Yeah, it makes me think about. It's so obvious. I, but it almost feels like really obvious things need to be said. I mean, as we're watching, so we're actually looking at the movie on silent in the background right now. We're watching a scene where McLovin. with <laughs> yeah. so she's at his at his place and clearly just like eyes barely open, resting her head on her hands. Um, do what is the conversation? I mean, do we have? any any education on what consent actually looks like i mean because she's not physically pushing him away because she's you know she keeps saying i want to go home so it's not a yes like i mean it just makes me think like what like where's our baseline like for education of like do people really not know this is my sincere question like i'm not playing dumb here do people really not know what active consent looks like, or are they just choosing to not know? 
You know what I mean? I, like these guys are pretending that like, oh, I thought you were into it. They, they should know, right? But like, what's happening? I think, honestly, um, most people know what that is. And um, I think most people know what the line of consent is. Um, most people know if you're to a certain point, you want to go home, you're incoherent, even if you're drunk. I mean, this is, I mean, this is clearly time to be very honest. I've been in that situation and the other person's been like, you know, you've been out, you're drunk, whatever. Guess what? You both just go to bed. Yeah. You know, nothing, like they understand and they, even if they're intoxicated, Mm -hmm. they also understand that you're both a little past that point both of you yeah to the point of consent also i've been in that situation where some people may not understand mm-hmm. that point of consent and they're not intoxicated so i think it it boils down to is it predatory behavior mm-hmm. or is it someone who's being respectful mm-hmm. um because i don't think you can blame intoxication why should intoxication be an out for the man when it is a negative for the woman mm-hmm. you know if someone reports assault as a woman, it's not tell me what this person, you know, who this person is. Do you know, you know, when did it happen? It is what were you wearing? How much should you have to drink? Should you have had that much to drink? Did you eat dinner? Why did you go there? Were you dancing this way? I mean, there are insulting questions that are asked that should only be asked by, I mean, honestly, truly, it, the person being interrogated. Mm-hmm should be the person accused who yes the person Mm -hmm. accused um it's an out for them that Mm -hmm. they were intoxicated it is used against you Mm -hmm. if you were drinking but you were the the victim i mean because i'm not going to say just woman because it happens to both men and women and Mm -hmm. i'm not um trying to um brush past that or just say it's only because Here's the thing. Women can do it too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I definitely do, I don't want to continue on and say, you know, oh, it's only, it only happens to women mm-hmm. because it doesn't. Right. It doesn't. Um, consent goes both ways. Yeah. It really does. And it's really important. And if you're, whether you're with someone or not, I mean, consent should be a conversation. Yeah. Um, if you're in a relationship, if you're just seeing someone, I mean, even if you're just seeing someone casually, Honestly, as adults, we all should know what consent is. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, mm-hmm. it's best to err on the side of caution. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I've had people ask if they could kiss me, which kind of weird and kind of takes away. But you know what? <laughs> Honestly, that's maybe you know not really my thing. But also looking for consent. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, you know, um, it's it's just an important thing to discuss. I think and be on the same terms of and I mean even if you don't have a conversation with someone know what it is Mm -hmm. if someone is intoxicated if someone is not in a state you know what that looks like Mm -hmm. we all know like we've all put to bed a friend of ours we've all been that friend who's been put to bed um and all that happens is they put a blanket on you or you sleep on somebody's trundle um, that's, all, <laughs> that's all that happens. So, yes. <laughs> Thank you, Bob. I know you're not listening to, to <laughs> maybe in 20 years, Bob. <laughs> Bob. <laughs> be like, oh, it's that lady. Thank you, that Bob. Was the lady. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so let's talk about if if you're up for this, and we can always have 
whatever edited. As moms of boys, together we have five boys. Not together, together. Between us. Between us. We have have five five boys. (laughs) Between us, there are five. Bob is my youngest son. He is five. And he has invited Meredith to sleep on his trundle bed when she has been at our house. I have taken advantage of it once, but he was not there. He was not there. (laughs) I digress. Um, Anyway, (laughs) how do you have this conversation with your sons? I've had this conversation with my boys, and, I mean, it goes kind of hand in hand when you're having talks about sex, talks about being safe, talks about, I mean, any sort of uncomfortable conversation that, um, as a mother, as a single mother, I mean, you have no choice. You either have these conversations or they don't occur. Yeah. Yes, you're uncomfortable. Yes, they're uncomfortable, um, but you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, you got to have those talks, and they have. And it's not just a one-time thing. But my conversation with the boys has been, uh, regarding consent mm-hmm. has been around the kind of the subject of you know whether you're intoxicated or not. What are they comfortable with? Mm-hmm. What is appropriate? Mm-hmm. What is respectful? You know discussing respectful behavior Mm -hmm. even if this is your girlfriend Mm -hmm. or someone you're on a date with regardless of your relationship how do you treat someone and if you see someone um and i mean i've even talked about not consent but if you're at a party you're at um you know my my youngest son is going to be a sophomore and at ut uh in the fall i'm like you're at a party you're here you're there um there are going to be people that you know or see that might be intoxicated or whatever. Be that person that maybe notices it mm-hmm. and helps them get home. Don't ignore it, mm-hmm. you know, um, because everyone needs needs to have someone have eyes on you, you know, like to yeah. look out for your well-being, not to take advantage because there will be people who do that and then the predatory people see that and they, that's just when, you know, swarm. Yeah. Um, that is their time to swoop in, yeah. pretending to be helpful when all they want to do is prey upon that person. Mm-hmm. So it's more about teaching them and telling them what is respectful behavior yeah. with a woman or a man. Don't and you think that's the most subtle like message of this movie? Because you think about from the Uber driver to Bo Burnham's character. Mm-hmm. Um, this, the, the bystander... Well, could have a bigger role. Well, the that's, bystander. That's the thing is, uh, and we talked about this before we started recording, was um, in this particular one, Bo Burnham. I don't know if he was the one filming or if he was just near it because you hear him on the video. Right. The assault was on Nina was videotaped, and as we know now, everything you do is on video. Yeah. Like, and if you don't think that now, well, maybe like get yourself together because everything you do, like someone is watching. Everyone has a phone with a camera on it. Like. You don't even have to be doing anything foolish. Just assume yeah. you're going to be filmed. The gross thing about it, don't be the person that stands by and pulls out their phone. Yeah. You need to be that person that, and this is, again, a conversation I've had with the boys, be that person that is, like, it's not funny it's not cool. like there's nothing great about this mm-hmm. and I mean I've even had this conversation in the context of you know photos being sent because I do know that yes. people will you know yes. take photos and they share them with their friends and stuff like that yeah um that's also consent yeah they did not consent for you to be sent that right they did not consent for you to see that 
So you do you can't be a bystander. If mm-hmm. you see something happening, whether you're the Uber driver, you're at a party, yeah. it's a friend of yours, you're in a bar, you don't even have to know these people. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't have to be sexual assault mm-hmm. necessarily. But I do think you can't just be like, well, this is none of my business. Yeah. Make it your business. Right. Um, because that's what a lot of these people are counting on is um, when it happens, and it happens in a group of people that know one another. Yeah. It's either being videotaped, you know, for bro code or whatever mm-hmm. fucking frat boys are doing. Or let's be real, grown-up adults do this too. Yeah. Um, but don't participate in it and stop it. Yeah. Like, it takes nothing to step in and stop it. A crowd is watching this happen, you know, like yeah. that happened to Nina. Right. There were clearly more than three people yeah. than like Ryan and Al and Nina. Right. Um, and everybody knew that she was not, you know, coherent. Mm-hmm. She was not, you know, able to consent. And they were just fine with it and fine with videotaping it. Yeah. Um, don't be that person. Right. Ever. Right. Any age. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Never do it. My kids are a lot younger, of course. Not of course. Because like, <laughs> I'm asshole. old <laughs> for the earth. <laughs> and I'm an asshole, so, you know, we used to say, of course, Meredith. Um, but uh, <laughs> my conversations with my kids revolve more around. Um, we talk about things like, no one should ever have to tell you to stop more than once mm-hmm. is something that I tell the boys a lot. So, like, when they're, you know, playing really rough with each other, um, you know, that's something I really emphasize is, like, if you if someone says stop, they should never have to say it a second time. You should stop. Um, we talk about body language a lot, and it's something that I, you know, have to model for them as well because my younger two really like sort of, like, chase, get you – you know, surprise attack, right. tickle kind they're of game. They're that good. Yeah. They're that age where that is what kids like. What kids like. Let's be real. Yeah. So they're all into that. But then you can tell sometimes they don't. They won't say stop to me. But I will see them move in a certain kind of like really guarded mm-hmm. way or push me away. And so, you know, I also see it as like my job as a parent to stop. And then I point out to them like, hey, I saw you. You know, you did this with your body. Like, did you want me to stop? Like, because it seemed like you wanted me to stop. So I try to, like, model that behavior for them and, and teach them. Um, because, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, we should be able to look at her body language when she's, you know, she's not literally saying, like, no, I don't want to have sex with you tonight. But, but right. But you, everything in her body language and code is saying, like, no, I'm not interested. I'm not responding to anything you're doing. She could be, I yeah. mean, even though she's pretending to be intoxicated, not yeah. truly intoxicated, she could honestly be sober looking yeah. you in the face and just um, af- afraid to say no because yeah. you don't know what the other person's going to do. Right. You have to respect that person. Mm-hmm. And I think it's great that you start teaching your children young because it's the same thing um, of, you know, a lot of times children don't want to hug certain people or whatever. Never make them. Yeah. Because you're 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 sort of building that um, 
response within them where they feel like other people have control over their body, yeah. where other people can tell them what they want to do, whether or not they want to do it. Yeah. Um, and I know some people have feelings about that, but I'm sorry. I don't care if it's their grandparent. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be like, go give them a kiss. Yeah. I mean, they'll do it if they want to. Yeah. It, it, it's a really, really fine line, I think. I try but, to give my kids an out, like, how about a high five? <laughs> or, you know, oh, if I can just like, hesitate with somebody, I'm like, okay, how about a high five? You know, just something to kind of ease it, ease the tension, but also, like, not push them into something they seem to be hesitating I think on. that's really wise, and it's wise uh, between siblings where it's not just them understanding their reaction to someone and they don't want to do, but their reaction, let's say, if they're, like, tickling each other or something, like, don't continue, like you said, say no once. Yeah. And understanding what that means, I don't care, man, woman, however you identify, it doesn't matter. Yeah. If someone tells you no, that's what it means, and it means no. Yeah. Like, cut it out. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, that That's a boundary being set. Right. And when you push past that or try to convince someone, right. you are disrespecting that boundary. Right. Um, and I think any age. But I, it does start at a younger age, understanding and building that, because then it builds on to, you know, more serious things right. um, and having those boundaries. Right. To potentially get into something that would feels like risky to put out into the world. Nate just rolled it. Let's do it. Do you, <laughs> I think about my kids and experiment, being curious and experimenting with things in the world and I think about them you know going to parties when they're older and I think about everyone using alcohol and hopefully that becomes worse, worse than that but who knows what will happen um it's strictly, and, and I, it's strictly I, beer at that party yeah. just <laughs> that's beer. right that's just beer beer only I try to it's like a dry I try to be a sex positive parent um at at the same time like I, I do worry, though, I mean, not so much about any, really about nothing that's portrayed in this film, to be honest. So maybe I'm getting, like, way off the film. Um, I don't worry. I mean, we will have, you know, more pointed conversations about things that occur in this film as, they're old, as they get older. But I, I don't so much worry about them doing something portrayed here. But I do think about times that are more nuanced than anything portrayed here um how do you I mean because you know we had this experience on the other side of it like as women in the world but then there's also that like we're also moms of boys so like how if, if there is a lot if there's a lot of alcohol involved and maybe you know our sons are you know as intoxicated as you know, any other parties involved, like, I, I feel like I, I don't have that totally figured out yet. Like, I don't know how, uh, you know, because I, I don't feel like the, what we were probably told growing up, which is like, no alcohol and no sex. <laughs> there wasn't, be like, there wasn't talk about consent and about, you know, anything. It was just a no and a don't do it. Right. And I'm sorry for right. all of you who grew up Church of Christ, but that's how we were raised. Yeah. And it was wrong. It gives you nothing to live life on. Right. Truly. Taboo yeah. is wrong. 
Yeah. The, well, and the more taboo you make something and all you give your child information on is no. Right. Um, I will say this as someone who got pregnant when they were 19. That did not work for me. Um, you <laughs> know, what's for working life. for me is being extremely open with my children, talking about safe sex, talking about consent, yeah. talking about, like, I understand these things are happening. You will never be in trouble with me if you go somewhere and you're drinking. If you drive home, 100%, you are lit up. If you call me, you're not in trouble. And that's right. where the the more the more taboo the more wrong and the more they fear being in trouble Mm -hmm. and the less open you are, your children will not be open with you. It doesn't mean they're not going to do it. Let me just tell you, as someone who is real sneaky, um, you find (laughs) out ways to work around this. And kids are even better now, so don't fool yourself. Um, But they have more tools. They have more tools. But, I mean, honestly, and I'm not naive, but I – have been extremely open with my children about all topics and they have been extremely open with me. And I think you have to have that kind of communication and like you have to start it young. Yeah. Age appropriate conversations. Right. And as they get older, you can't pretend it doesn't happen. You can't pretend they're not going to go somewhere and behave a certain way. And also, Alcohol is no excuse for any behavior, right? Ever, yeah. but I mean, you can warn them as far as um, maybe you might be acting. You know, mm-hmm. um, these are the reasons. Not just because it's wrong, but doing this, this, and this, this um, will have negative consequences because you're not prepared when you're this age to understand, you know, responsible drinking, yeah, or you know, anything of that nature. Um, but it should never be. Something made me behave this way. Yeah. Um, yeah. There is, why can I be around some people who are the same level or worse levels of intoxication and you experience none of those behaviors, mm-hmm. but then you're around people who don't even have to be intoxicated and you experience all of those behaviors, right? That's an excuse. Yeah. It is a crutch. Yeah. Um, and you have to, I don't know, parenting isn't easy. Yeah. But you, I don't know, You, I think you have to be cognizant yeah. of it, mm-hmm. and you have to be trying to make it appropriate, and I mean, you have to use your experiences, right? I honestly, and I think honestly, as mothers, mm-hmm. I mean, they do need their father's input. I'm not discounting the importance of that. Yeah. But I think, especially as mothers of boys, um, they respect us, they yeah. love us, yeah. they want to protect us. But I think if you're really true and honest with them, and especially as they get older, yeah, um, they will respect your experience. You know, they understand you as a woman mm-hmm. and a person, and not just mom, right? If that makes sense, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, and not like they have to it have they have to think about this happening to their mother or their sister. Right. But yeah. I do think it does help coming from a woman and just giving them real experience and, yeah. and trying to let them know proper ways to behave. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I'm still flying by the seat of my pants, you know. <laughs> well, me too. 19 years um, later. <laughs> I like, I like what you said about alcohol is not an excuse for anything. Never. I, for men or yeah. women. It's yeah, never yeah. an excuse. I also like the idea that because of these kinds of conversations and obviously as a society, we're not anywhere we 
seem to be like five people who can do whatever and still get wherever they want to go in life. Um, but because a lot of these conversations are happening, I think there is this shift in responsibility from being entirely on women to more of a shared responsibility. Like I said, not where it needs to be. So our conversations with our boys are part of that, right? Because now part of the responsibility for what is happening in, in relationships or in interactions, you know, including when alcohol is involved, is now upon them, which is a good thing. Like I would absolutely right. a good thing. Um, it is, you know, like I said a moment ago to say something that maybe I feel weird about being out in the world, but like, you know, you do think about them going to a party, them going home with someone, maybe as best they could tell under the influence, like it seemed like consent at the time and then the person regrets doing it the next day, like, and then they're accused of something, right? Like that, right. you know, I, I do still think of those types of situations. Um, so, I, yeah, I mean, and to me, I think that's probably where the dean, to go back to the film, maybe felt stuck. So, of course, she didn't have the video. Had she had the video, I think we could have said there was absolutely no chance that that is what happened, right? Because right. they weren't going back to somebody's place. This was at a party. Somebody's clearly unconscious and being assaulted. Um, yeah, I just, but I, I do, even, you know, even with it impacting, like, you know, our sons this way or maybe creating more uncertain situations for them, I still think overall it's, it's the right direction for society to be going that like we're not only saying like to to young women if we ha were, had daughters we wouldn't only be having this conversation about like okay watch your drink or have a friend watch your drink or like you know all these you know 85 different things that you would tell a daughter and zero things told to a son so now we're distributing distributing this like guidance more evenly which i think overall is a good thing for society and it should be, i i agree 100 percent because it's not the onus should not be on women to watch your drink. Don't get too drunk when you're out. Yeah. Don't do this. Do you have a friend with you? Da, 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 da. You could do every single one of those things. Mm -hmm. How about the onus being on, this is appropriate behavior. Mm -hmm. They don't, there's rarely a conversation on um, holding people responsible for actions. Mm -hmm. um, teaching them what is an appropriate and respectful way, regardless of what sex you are, mm -hmm. man or woman, um, how to treat someone. Mm -hmm. um, it's not your fault. Mm -hmm. It is not someone's fault if it happens to you, if mm -hmm. it has happened to you. You're not to blame. I don't care how drunk you are. Mm -hmm. Like we said earlier, I could be stark naked, absolutely passed out. That gives no one mm -hmm. the right to do anything to you. Right. But it is, it, I mean, sometimes you are, you know, people behave this way and it has nothing to do with their upbringing. They were taught, mm -hmm. they were told how to be respectful, mm -hmm. and they chose a different path. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just assumed that they would never. Um, but they never have conversations about consent. There's right. never, and that's a huge thing. It's not just being respectful. Uh, consent is a whole other thing. It, mm -hmm. It's completely different. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're both very important, but there's not conversations had with young men, boys, mm -hmm. um, adults, um, on how they should be behaving. But mm -hmm. as women and girls, we are told 
all yes. the time. Yes. It is our fault. Our shoulders should not show. Our knees should not show. Why are we causing someone to stumble? Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's gross. Um, <laughs> it's gross. It is just and gross. And it goes to the infantilization that Charlie mentioned mm-hmm. before this, before we started recording. It's like, if you can't handle seeing somebody's shoulders and not sexually assault them, you're the one who shouldn't be out in the world. 100%. It's not... Yeah. Be, re-held, be held responsible for your actions. Mm-hmm. Someone else... You may see someone. They're not making you behave in any way. Right. That is a choice you're making. I don't care. Sober drunk mm-hmm. high I don't I don't care mm-hmm. you are making a choice mm-hmm. honestly you are truly making a choice um, and you have to be held responsible but so many times people are not yeah. held responsible you know they're just being boys mm-hmm. well if this is the way that boys are supposed to behave it is disgusting yeah um, and I'm not and I have not been raising mine to behave this way right boys will be boys Excuse me? What does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) Like, absolutely not. I mean, um, and that's not the truth because we both have a great friend group of guys who behave in extremely respectful ways. And it does not matter if you're intoxicated. It doesn't matter if you're sober. It doesn't matter if you're alone with them. Mm -hmm. The behavior remains the same. So you cannot say, yeah. Boys will be boys. Because that's not true. No. That's an excuse. No. <sighs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> now we got that on our chest. It's very heavy. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you wanted to touch on before we before we sign off? Oh, I did um I did want to um I, I noticed this the second time I watched it, and yeah. it's just kind of a little thing. I love music, but when she is walking up to the bachelor party in the wig yeah. and the nurse's outfit, yes. it's like an instrumental of Britney Spears' yes, toxic, it and it is perfect. At first, I thought, I know this, and what is it? And I had yeah. to listen like a little bit longer. Yeah. But there are so many little nuances in this film, and that is one of them. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, I've only watched it twice, but, I mean, I could probably watch it a third time and yeah. you find other little yeah. gems like that. But um, just appropriate. Yeah. And the costuming as well. Um, when she's not going out seducing, mm-hmm. obviously she's wearing certain things, certain makeup. Yeah. In her everyday life, it's very bubblegum. It's very, yeah. like, braids and bows and pinks, you know, and the lighting is different too. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But those are just a couple of little things that I noticed, but I really liked the instrumental talk. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was really nice. It was. Like taking out, taken out of context, of course, but it was really nice. No, I, um, it's been, it's been in my head ever since I watched it several weeks ago. Um, So yeah, it appropriates the two too. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, speaking and that's someone who doesn't have control over their body. Yeah, and speaking of someone, yeah, yeah, that is very timely. Yeah, and very appropriate. Agreed. Agreed. All right. I don't know how to stop this thing. I don't either. Let's see. Nope. Oh man, because of technology, Nathan. <laughs>